my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. My name is Will Mawala, the pastor of the Paravista Angola Adventist Churches in South Australia. Thank you for joining us today. This week's theme, we are looking at the theme New Year. The New Year series that we're doing today and for the rest of the week. And today we're attempting to answer the question as we are in the new year. Are New Year's resolutions worth it? Is change possible? And today, my co-host in the studio with me is none other than my good friend, uh, Pastor Joseph Matichich, as you very well know for our regular listeners. Pastor Joseph is the Secretary of the Adventist Churches in South Australia. Pastor Joseph, glad that you're in the studio with me today. Yeah, it's great to be here. And, um, yeah, the new year is, is almost upon us. Almost. Not, n- not here yet, Will, <laughs> but, uh, we're certainly, um, yeah, heading that way now, aren't we? And so, yeah. yeah only a few days to go. Yeah. Well, where's the year gone, huh? Yeah. I, I can tell you, um, I still remember when, you know, in the first part of the year and before you know it, it's mid year and yeah, before yeah. you know it, you drive around and you see people with, with their Christmas decorations yeah. up and you walk into the shopping centers and they, they're all very well ahead with their schedule. So yeah, the time has flown. The yeah. time has, has gone by pretty quickly. Um, so we want to just want to welcome our listeners out there in Radio Land to our Faith of Him Drive Time BQ&A. We are looking at the theme uh, New Year series as the New Year is approaching and just upon us. So we're looking at the question today, Pastor Joseph and I, are New Year's resolutions worth it? Is change possible? And and absolutely, this is a time of the year where we think about, we reflect mm-hmm. on the year that we've had, lo- looking back and things that we've done, things that we could have done, things that we could have got done. So yeah, it's a real time to kind of reflect as we're kind of spending some time outside work and spending time with the family. We're also kind of, our mind's kind of ticking a little bit mm. what's just around the corner with the new year. So I hope you enjoy our show today. We're looking at this topic of New Year's resolutions and are they worth it and is change possible? So for our World Watch segment today, I've chosen an article, uh, Pastor Joseph, that uh, hopefully, um, yeah, I found it interesting because it's actually not, it wasn't um, written, uh, I guess, in the last number of weeks. It was actually written about this time last year. Uh, okay. The date to be exact is January 2, well, two years now, January the 2nd, 2020. And it, it's an article I pulled off the Christianity Today website, and the article is entitled, My New Year's Resolution. Mm. And here is the resolution from this uh, particular woman, Sarah Billups. The title is My New Year's Resolution to Call Myself Christian in Public. Now, before we get into it, I, I thought it was just really interesting, um, this article. And, you know, this is a young woman, a, a woman of faith, uh, Pastor Joseph, reflecting on her year. And I really enjoyed the article that she had written. And she basically comes to the summary, I want to be more open about my faith. I want people to know that I'm a follower of Jesus. And I said to myself, well, that's mm. really admirable, you mm. know, because mm. sometimes we can become closet Christians and we kind of, kind of assess whether it's, whether, you know, ha- whether we will be open about our faith uh, in the work setting and in various social settings we find ourselves in. So I've just wanted to share a few lines from the article, Pastor Joseph, and, mm. um, love to hear your thoughts on it. But, um, it starts off, uh, Sarah Billups is the name. Um, she says, after years of playing it cool with my unbelieving friends, I can tell you it only gets weirder to talk about faith the longer you wait. 
Now, I'll read a couple of the opening lines. She says here, Last January, I made an unusual resolution. On New Year's Day, like many people, I've peeled the plastic off a new planner and imagine its pages filled with earnest but unlikely ambitions. From reading the Bible cover to cover to praying the examen every night. But last year, instead of changing a daily practice, I set out to change a pattern. I will begin to speak openly about my Christian faith. Doing so would require revealing my relationship with Jesus to many people outside of my church community for the first time. And the article says this, I think it's important we read this because bit of context where she actually lives, this Sarah lady. She says, I'm a resident of the, quote, Nun Zone. It's a title the Pacific Northwest in the United States was given nearly two decades ago thanks to a high percentage of residents that claim no affiliation with any religion. In a 2017 Gallup poll of Washington State, 47% of American adults identified as not religious compared to 33% of the general population. Seattle, in particular, is one of my one of many progressive American cities where the cultural narrative says Christians are an anomaly at best or anti-intellectual and backward at worst. Um, so there's a bit more there, but you can see where she's coming from, isn't she? She's obviously growing. She grew, She's in a part of the, the United States, Seattle, where Christianity is not, I guess, you know, um, well, 40%. 47% of them identified as not religious. So, you know, she's basically saying, hey, I grew up in an area where not, you know, majority, more often than not, people that she relates to and connects with are, are not of a religious faith. And it's interesting they gave the area where she's from in Seattle the nun zone, meaning they have no particular religious faith. Um, so I'll just skip a, a little bit down here. She said, after decades of, quote, playing it cool in hopes that I'd pass in an imaginary litmus test for my many agnostic and spiritual but not religious friends, let me tell you, it only gets weirder to talk about faith the longer you wait. And um, she goes on to share a couple of experiences. I won't read it line for line, but um, she says she uses the idea called ghosting, Joseph, where she mm. says, you know, when she would meet with these people that she'd work with and people that she interact with. Once she once she kind of let them know she was a Christian, she says that they would ghost her, which is basically they just disappear, like uh, they wouldn't okay. yeah. wouldn't be interested in yeah. Yeah. interacting with her and um, all you know. Um, but you know, I, I love her in the article, and um, she kind of comes around and basically, like the gist of the article is, hey. I'm going to be, a, uh, I'm going to let people know regardless of if they ghost me or if they kind of look at me weird, but she felt it was part of her Christian duty to to be open about her faith. And I, I think that's mm. admirable. Um, yes. So let me share these little three points at the end here that I'd love to hear maybe a couple of your thoughts, Joseph. She goes on at the end of it. She says, during this past year of practicing a more public witness, I've learned a few things. First, so you've got three points here. First, when we withhold our identities as Christians, we tacitly participate in the cultural narrative that we can manage how we message ourselves. So she says there, um, the way I kind of read that was, Joseph, is, yeah, you know, like when you're in a, a, a variety, you know, when you're in a circle of friends and, and you, you see the conversations going a certain way and sometimes, you know, I can certainly relate to this. You know, I was hanging out with the boys and, you know, if you're just, if you're kind of just standing there in it and you don't say anything, like you don't want to 
interrupt, you know, you don't want to break, you know, the, the vibe, what's going on. And what happens, and I think what she's saying is, you, you kind of, you become almost like complicit. Mm. Like you're, you're not condoning it, but you're not, um, really saying, Hey, that's not, you know, you're kind of this neutral person and you end up kind of just being a, you, you're standing there while, while these, you know, things are happening. So mm. she kind of, yeah, that's the first point she makes. The second thing she says when we are more, what she learned about being more public and more open in her witness. She says, second, I've learned that if you have a fear of talking about Jesus for whatever reason, maybe for what seems like good reasons, remember, the people you think are against you might actually be for you. Mm. And she says, although I've been ghosted, the opposite has also happened. In the past year, I've had coffee with people from my past who are genuinely curious about my faith experience. So she says, you know, the people that you think are not interested, they're actually the ones who are interested. And then the people that it seems like she was trying to really win weren't really interested in it anyway. So I think that's the thing about life is just you just never know um, who's interested and who's not. And so she's kind of said, and she kind of says in the article that she's had some really good conversations with people who maybe she didn't really think they were open to begin with. So I love that insight that you just never know who mm. really or really isn't interested. And I think this is the one I want to land on and probably we can share Joseph is she says, finally, I've relearned. And I love this point that she makes. I've relearned that what I know already, but keep forgetting. I don't sit at the center of the story. God does. Yeah. As Christians, we believe that our lives are hidden with God and held by him. And that's immensely liberating. Mm. By contrast, it's tiring to exert anxious energy skirting around that reality. I like how she kind of, that, that last point. Yes. It, that really, what are we afraid of? Are we afraid of what they think of us? And, you know, she's, we all share those same thoughts, you know, when we're, when we're wanting to share, you know, what will they think of me? I hope yeah. I don't come across as too, you know, too forceful, you know, all those types of various thoughts. But I love how she kind of says, hey, it's not about me. It's about the God that I serve. And I think just reflecting on this as well, I've noticed, Pastor Joseph, when in, you know, as I've basically I've, I've got the opportunity to share my testimony around over the years, I've even felt, uh, I guess, uh, if I could use the word, I'm not boasting or anything, but almost like a maturing uh, way of looking at it, it mm. becomes more and more of God and less of self. And I still remember, and I kind of cringe about it, when I started kind of getting opportunities to talk about my faith way back in 2006, six seven, when I was kind of just a couple of years in the church. And I just remember it was all about glorifying the bad side mm. and glorifying the stuff I used to do. And, you know, and then, then you kind of tackle on a little bit, and Jesus saved me, you know, amen. But really, as I've gotten a bit older at this, and just in life, I realize that, yeah, it's exactly what she's saying. It's, mm. it's God's the center of the story. It should, the testimony should be uplifting about God. Yeah, that's it. Um, so, so what, what, what do you think of this take on this young lady? I know it was written a couple of years ago, but I think it's relevant to the time we're in now. You know, people listening today, Joseph, um, they've got many New Year's resolutions mm. or resolutions they're thinking of doing. What about our resolutions in the era of our faith yeah. and sharing? Yeah, yeah, very, very good. It's, um, yeah, look, this, this lady, what was her name again? Uh, uh, Sarah Billups. Sarah, I believe. Sarah, um, I, I think she is, um, quite honest. And yeah. um, what what she shares, I think, would be um, something that a lot of us probably could relate to, where we're yeah. being at least a, l- a little bit um, 
shy or embarrassed or timid of of being openly sharing about, about our faith because yeah. we know, especially, and while she's uh, writing in in the uh, context of um, uh, her setting, which is in the United States, um, in Australia we've we're even more secular. Yeah, and uh, raising religious topics is even harder. Yeah, and uh, sharing that you're a Christian is even more can be even more confronting and, yeah. and uh, a, a more of a conversation stopper. So yeah, brave of her to to um, to raise it and to be committed to uh, being more forthright about it because um, there's yeah there's nothing to lose. Like I like the way where she um, and I think she makes this point here. Uh, she, she admits that the. the the thing that I most value, that is life with God, was the thing I'd hidden for fear of judgment. Wow. The thing that she most valued was the thing that she didn't um, wasn't share. Openly to share well, wasn't open, uh, open about it. So if we are here you know, clearly proclaiming and uh, acknowledging that you know, God is supreme and number one and, uh, to be followed, and yet we are... Kind of ashamed of him. Um, I, I can't help but think of the um, the passage. Uh, I'm just quoting off the top of my head now, but essentially, I think Jesus said, "He who is ashamed to confess me before others, yeah, uh, him will I also not confess before my yeah. Father in heaven." So it's kind of saying, you know, if we don't you know, speak up for him, um, we are in a sense denying. You know, this this seems a little, probably a little bit strong, but we're in a sense denying our, denying our faith. Yeah. 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 And um, Jesus himself publicly went to the cross for for all of us, and um, yeah, we we had to stand up for him as well. Yeah, and I think as well um, because we don't want to feel coerced to, to share, and that's no. not what the gospel is about. We're not the article's not saying. I don't want someone to misread what we're saying. Oh, well, you know, you need to make an effort to share your faith because mm. it becomes a very that's not true religion. That's not freedom in Christ. No, it can never be guilt. Yeah, uh, guilt driven at all. Absolutely not. No, yeah. no. So I, I remember there's that text in Second uh, Corinthians, I think Paul, where he says in chapter five, he says, um, "The love of Christ compels us." You, yes. you know that text, Joseph. Yes. And I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Is it's like anything. If you've seen, if experienced something you had eaten or a restaurant you've been to, you're the you're the best. Um, evangelist, because you you can't help but keep your mouth shut. Oh, I went to this restaurant. Oh, the you know the ice cream there was amazing. That's right. You become the you Best become the pe- yeah. yeah yeah. And you know I think that's the same thing with the gospel. If and I think it boils down to you know just when we know um, God for ourselves mm. and, and we know what the cross has has done for us, and then that that is what it should, I guess. Um, overflow out of our hearts and then we want to share it with yes. others. So, yeah, I just want to appeal and just, yeah, to all of our listeners out there, you know, it can be a bit comfortable this Christmas when you're sitting down with your relatives and you're, you know, sharing and, you know, maybe God's putting on our hearts, you know, just to plant the seed, you know. Was it when we had a workshop earlier this year, Joseph, where I, I forgot the setting and there was like a graph of how people come to faith. I, I think it was Joel yeah. that he was sharing it in one setting and, Kind of like, you know, zero in the middle and the minus on the left side. And I think the whole gist of it was when a person comes to faith, it's not just one encounter. There's this a series of encounters. That's right. That leads so, them step by yeah. step. Yep. So, yep. so your yep. conversation is could just, just moves them one point, one yep. click. Yep. Yep. Then there's another book. Uh, it's uh, this particular Christian apologist. He, he, he wrote a book about basically sharing your faith. 
and I forgot his name. I can't remember his name top of my head, but he used an analogy. He says, I want to put, how did he put it? He said, um, I want to put a pebble in their shoe. Ah. You know that okay. analogy, like, you know, you got something in your shoe and it kind of nags you and you kind of have to, Discomfort. unless you really, yep. you got to get down and really get it out if you really want to. Right. And, and that's, he, he kind of, that's how we kind of presented when we're sharing faith. It's, you want to just give them something that makes them a little bit uncomfortable. Yes. Or just something enough to just, Take notice of it, yes, you know. Yes, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know why I just picked that up, but you know that, that's what we're called to do. And sometimes people aren't opened, and even on our show here, just a couple of weeks ago, just we were talking. We had an article during the World Watch about the article from that uh, that uh, fella from New South Wales, where he said um, he called it the what did he call it the the tennis the tennis analogy. Where like it's like a game of tennis. He was saying, and you throw something out there, or you know, oh, yes, what do you yes. think? You know, and he, yeah. you wait for a response. You know, like yeah. if there's they're not hitting the ball back, well, you leave it. You know, yeah. but you don't keep pursuing it. So, yeah. and I think it's a bit of trial and error. Um, there's a resource um, within our church uh, faith denomination. It's called um, Winsome Witnessing. I don't know if you've come across it, Joseph. I've uh, heard of it. Yes, and um, and uh, he, the pastor there, he. Yeah, his whole theme of this whole series of uh, resource for sharing your faith, he calls it Winston Witnessing because how he begins the opening talk, I still remember, he talks about of all his horror stories when he was sharing and oversharing and getting into fights with me, like he just did everything wrong. <laughs> and so he said that was not a Winston Witnessing, it was actually terrible. And, and so a lot of these guys who are, uh, I guess, we would look at and say, wow, these, these Christians, you know, that a lot of them, we all learn through trial mm, and error. Mm, mm. So, um, yeah. So, so yeah. So I just want to share that article about, um, about, uh, sharing our faith and, uh, particularly for this young lady, Sarah Billups. Uh, she definitely, um, has really, um, put that as a resolution to be more open about her faith. And so, yeah, so hope you enjoyed our um, World Watch segment. We're going to go to a, a break in just a few moments, but before we do, we always like to offer our listeners out there today a free book offer that we're offering, and uh, we're going to promote it today and for the rest of the week. The book that we are offering today is the book called Surprised by Love, and it is a book by a lady by the name of Elizabeth Vieira Talbot. And so the, the book cover is called Surprised by Love, The Unexpected Rescue of God's Children. This is the story of God's love for his children, his excitement and the plans he has made to be together with them through eternity. It's also the story about the kidnapping of God's children and what he did in order to rescue them. This first ever women sharing book mm. shows how God simply refuses to go through eternity without you and me. And, uh, for those who may be a little bit unfamiliar, Elizabeth, uh, Talbot, she's actually a speaker slash director for the Jesus 101 Biblical Institute, and it's a media ministry of the North American Division of uh, Seven Day Venice. And, um, we would like to give that to you free of charge as our gift to you. If you'd like a free copy, please text us the code word SA87 to the number 04888 04888-80811. One more time. Sorry, I'm getting my codes mixed up. It's not SA87, it's SA84. That's the uh, code word. 20488. <laughs> you know what? 
I'm going to backtrack one more time. I've got, it is actually SA87. So my apologies to you out there. Confusing a whole bunch of us out there today in Radio Land. Let's do that one more time. The code word for the book, Surprised by Love, is SA87. And it is, so please text that in to 04888-80811 and our friendly bot will get in touch with you and uh, get your details. We'll get that book out to you as soon as possible. So please don't go away. We'll be back in just a few moments. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A. Thank you. 
was Walk With You by Anders Venson. And you may not know this, but Anders, the, the fellow that just sung, he's actually a pastor uh, of the Adventist Church in uh, Sydney Conference, I believe. So, Pastor Joseph, I was just telling you off, off air that I actually know this brother that's singing. We actually graduated together at Adventist uh. College. We were uh, class of 2013. So, my good friend Anders, if you're out there listening... Praise God for your music ministry, and I mm. hope you're doing well, my brother. That's nice. Amen. So, we're back here in the studio, and uh, if you've just joined us, our theme that we are starting today and for the rest of the week is on the New Year. So, it's it's our New Year series, and uh, we hope that you enjoy it because it's that time of the year. New Year's is just around the corner, and our topic today is, Are New Year's Resolutions Worth It? Is change actually possible? And so my co-host in the studio is Pastor Joseph Matichich, Secretary of the Adventist Churches in South Australia. And so Pastor Joseph, um, walk us through as we kind of dive in right now into our topic today, talking about New Year's resolutions. Is it worth it? And is change actually possible? Yeah, thank you. Well, yeah, so we are here at uh, the last drive time show um, for, for the end of the year. Um, By the way. Yes. Maybe I should alert our listeners to something that I should have shared a little bit earlier before What's the that? break. What's that? Well, with your blessing, <laughs> uh, it's we we we've known for a little while here in this in in our amongst our team. But for those out there in Radioland, it's actually Pastor Joseph's last show with us on Drive Time. On Drive Time BQ and A in the Adelaide studios, and we know that you um, that uh, God has um, led you to another appointment up north. And uh, we just want to say, well, on, on, with our listeners out there listening, and especially myself personally, it's been great to be part of the team with you, Joseph, to share the studio time with you each week. And I know that our team will really miss you and uh, and your family as well. So um, we want to say thank you for all the hard work because I know you wear many hats. Um, you're our ministerial director and you, wear, you do a lot of things here in, in the churches here in Adelaide. So thank you. And um, it's going to be a big... Big headphones to fill on the other side of the desk. Here. <laughs> it, it's, it's been uh, an absolute pleasure to be um, part of the um, drive time team here, Will, and um, especially especially partnering with you. Um, I trying to think exactly how long it's been that that you and I, in particular, have um, sort of anchored anchored the um, the start of each week. Yeah, and um, I loved it. I, I've loved yeah. it, whether as co host, whether as host, and. Um, in the new year, that will be one change. I mean, we're, we're talking about change. Yeah, yeah that's change right. Possible, <laughs> um, but yeah, that is a significant change for our family. Uh, we are relocating, and look, whilst I, in the foreseeable future, won't be on drive time. Yeah, I certainly hope um, there will be other opportunities where I'll be able to somehow contribute to to the Faith FM network. Yeah, uh, the beauty of the Faith FM network, Will, is it's it's right around this country. Yeah, and um, it's uh, programs. There are many programs that that we that that are offered on on Faith FM. Drive Time, of course, is is one of them, and we've been able to to be involved in that. Yeah. And so I want to thank you as my as my host. It's been it's been a pleasure. <laughs> no problem. So um, yeah, so. Coming back to our topic today, um, talking about New Year's resolutions. Um, uh, so the, the question we're actually asking just is, are New Year's resolutions worth it? Is change possible? So in light of the fact that New Year's is just around the corner, just in a couple of days, number of days, people are sitting out there driving, listing Joseph, thinking about 
how you know mm. two twenty two went twenty twenty two went, and thinking about the possibilities, um, yeah. What would you want to say to them? And and this idea of changing, and even is it worth it? Because yeah. we've heard it many times about you know New Year's resolutions, and so yeah. Walk us through this uh, this uh, pretty relevant topic right now. Exactly right. We are um, on the cusp of another new year, and so as we approach the new year, it's actually an opportune time to to reflect, yeah. Will, to review, to look back on, on this year. Yeah. And it's a good time to do this now because with a new year, as you alluded to, um, that's a time when New Year's resolutions are, are made. Um, I don't know whether yeah. you've made any New Year's resolutions for 2023. Not Quite yet. Not quite yet. But, okay. Um, well, so there's a few in the pipeline. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> you know, and look, a lot of people, are, you know, New Year's is, and it's not, it's interesting, it's not only at New Year's that, that we need to make or can make New Year's resolutions, but it's it's an obvious time to do yeah. it, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, because, you know, we've got this uh, year that's finishing, we look back, and uh, and then we look forward. Yeah. yeah. Um, look, people make big plans for the new year. But before we do that, I want to suggest to us that we need to first stop and look back. Okay. Because how confidently can we make New Year's plans? Uh, remember a couple of years ago at the start of yes. 2020, I'm sure many people made lots of plans. <laughs> but they all came to naught right. when COVID hit. Exactly. I mean, our very own family um, back in 2020, we uh, one of our major plans was that we were going to take a family trip, a holiday over to Europe. All oh, right, and um, for, yeah, we 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 didn't actually get that <laughs> well organised to have booked and yeah. Um, yeah committed monies to it, and then of course COVID hit, and yeah, we weren't going anywhere, and that would have been the experience of many people. Will yeah. lots of people had plans in uh, in that year to to do all sorts of things, in particular be travelling yeah. in various places, and so. Um, but yeah, I guess what I'll say is no point making new plans, new resolutions, unless we take first the time to look back, unless we learn from the past. Yeah. As we look back, we, we think, we, we look back on the highs and the lows, regrets, what have we learned? Here's a few areas to consider. First of all, um, professionally. If you if you have a career or a job or whatever, ask yourself how has it been? Yeah. How have I done? Have I have I learnt new things? Have I have I improved? Have I related better with those around me? Have I contributed? Then and look in another area, and that is your health. As you look back on this year, what would you say about your health? Has it improved? What have you done about your health? Have you had some health right. issues? Yeah. Have, have, you know, have, have, have you had some real challenges? Um, maybe this year is marked with some significant health uh, challenges that you've had to endure. And for some people, Will, that, that's, that's going to be a real, yeah. real issue. Yeah. And they probably face, might still be facing it even more so, a, a major uncertainty into 2023. Another area to consider is the whole area of your relationships, family, close friends. How has that area been for you this last year? Yep. Have those connections in relation? Are there 
have they have those connections been strengthened? Are there some areas that you need to work on? Is there someone that you don't get on that well no. with? And then, above all, I'd like to suggest to us the area we'd want to really consider is spiritually. Mm. Has your faith grown during that last year? What about your involvement in your local church? And have you been involved in serving others? I want to share a story that's recorded in the Old Testament in the Bible, in, in the book of First Samuel chapter 7. Hey, can I just say something on that too? Sure. Just before you get to First Samuel, I love those kind of four big points. Professional, your, your work life, your career basically, in regards to your health, yeah. uh, third relationships, and spiritual, spiritually. Um, I was reading a book where it, it talked about, um, you probably come across it, um, Joseph, it's um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's by, by Steve, Stephen Covey. Yeah. And he kind of has that approach where he kind of say, looks at your life. He basically says, look at your life through the various hats you, you wear. Yeah. You know, home, if you're a father, dad, you know, pastor, you know, what, what your work is. And yeah, I love the basic gist of it is don't be so, don't be like a 10 out of 10 in your career, mm. but you got no time for your kids. At the neglect so of your family. So he really, yeah. and he kind of boils it down to, yeah, those those key areas of your life, what you're doing here. And yeah, and he really, and he boils down to, to kind of making a, how do you live your life week to week? He's, mm. He, he kind of boils it down to a weekly, a planner basically. Mm. I guess mm. that's, you might be going down some, down that avenue later. But yeah, I just, because I think, Sometimes, like when you said those four things, I, I, I look at the, 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 the points and there's probably one or two that I, I think that I'm doing really well in and mm. there's probably one that I'm, I could definitely do a lot more growing in. Yeah, so. exactly. And look, I think we all could. And that's, yeah. that's, that's why I think these are, the, these are the key areas, really, yeah. Will. And what I'm wanting us to do today is actually spend, spend the time really um, looking back because I know our presenters coming up um, in the next couple of days here are going to – uh, unpack this yeah. theme even more, and I think by the end of the week, we're, um, our presenter is going to be really looking at specifically uh, some specific New Year's resolutions oh, that okay. we, we yep. might want to consider. Sure. Right? Yeah, but I, I'd probably suggest, Will, that um, that they would fit into these areas. I reckon. Yeah. Um, so it's a case of looking back, or looking backward first before we look yep. forward. Okay. Now to the story, First Samuel. The setting here is that. It was in the time of the ancient Israelites under prophet Samuel. They had faced attacks from the enemy, namely the Philistines. And the Ark of the Covenant, which was where the um, the, the, the Ten Commandments were located yes, inside, yes, yeah. it was considered the most holy object for them, the center of their worship. That had been taken, um, horror of horrors, by the Philistines. Now, they had been able to have it uh, returned, but think, things hadn't been good. And in First Samuel... Uh, chapter 7, we read that the Israelites acknowledge their need of turning back to God and Samuel appeals to them in verse 3 that if they return to the Lord with all their hearts and rid themselves of foreign gods and commit themselves to the Lord and serve him, he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Okay. And um, and they agree to that. The Israelites agree and they, they Samuel calls them at to a place there, and they assemble, it says in verse 6, at Mizpah, and they fasted, they prayed, they confessed, we have sinned against the Lord. 
and Samuel on their behalf offers a, a sacrifice to God. And in verse 10, where it mentions that, we see here it says that the Philistines drew near to engage Israel in battle. But that day the Lord thundered with loud thunder against the Philistines and threw them out in such a panic that they were routed before the Israelites. Right. Then, verse 12, notice this. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shem. He named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has, has helped, helped us. us. Yes. So here Samuel, after God had done this great work and the people had experienced God's leading, he sets up a special stone and names it Ebenezer, uh, and literally the, the, the word, my, my Bible even has a footnote here, it says that the, the word Ebenezer means literally stone of help. And he, he sets up this stone saying, thus far has the Lord helped us. That became a, a, a visible symbol of God's, of God's, God's leading. Right, right. And I, I want to ask at this point, do we have, can, can we, set up something like this kind of a stone mm. that's an Ebenezer, can we say, as we look back on 2022, thus far has the Lord helped right, me? Right. Yeah, I like it. Has the Lord helped me? Have you experienced God's leading? As you look back on this last year, have you, have you experienced his, his leading? I want to share from Psalm 103. A couple of verses here. They're, they're, they're the opening verses of this psalm. Psalm 103 from verse 1. It says, Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And then it, then it goes on. I want to just stop there, though. Notice what, it's called, what, what the call is to do. Praise the Lord with all our soul. Yep. Praise him and forget not all his benefits. Right. Forget not all his benefits. In other words, don't forget his benefits. Don't forget all the things that God has done. Mm. Could we say, don't forget his his blessings. Right. And I want to suggest to us that's something that would be really worthwhile doing as we come to the end of the year. As you look back on this last year, can you... Can you remember the benefits? Can you recall the various benefits and the blessings of God? That's what I want to ask. How do we, how do we, how do we not forget these benefits? One of the most obvious ways, Will, to not forget them is to actually record them, yeah. to write them down. Now, one thing that I've found personally helpful in my life has been to keep a journal, an actual pad, an, an exercise book where I actually write things down and I record and I record in the and it's really essentially becomes a spiritual diary really a yep. spiritual spiritual notebook and I record in that the highs and the lows right but overall I can see God's leading all along and answers to prayer and it's a one way that I putting this what it's saying here in Psalm forget not all his benefits one way I don't forget is to write it write it right, down right Something that we've done as a family, 
and it was actually an idea that my wife set up for for us in our in our home. Um, the last couple of years, although I must admit, in the last little while, we uh, it was well, it's particularly a couple of years ago, two two to three years ago in particular. It's what's called a gratitude jar. Now, what's a gratitude jar? A gratitude jar is where we would, and we would, we would always do it Friday evening, Will. Why Friday evening? Well, for us, uh, Friday sunset and Friday evening marks the commencement of the Sabbath, of the biblical Sabbath, right? Right. And um, it's a time when we as a family uh, w- would, would come together with, with you know, uh, we stop our normal work of the week. We, uh, we've cleaned up. We've cleaned the house. Uh, we, we often main, uh, endeavor to have a special meal and we, we can be a bit more relaxed and we come together as a family. We, we open the Sabbath and we share a meal and then we, we enjoy a, uh, a peaceful evening together, hopefully. And a part of that evening, what we would do is we would have little slips of paper. They were, they were colored slips of paper. And uh, we would, as a family together at, at the table, we would we would share a blessing that we had during the week. Then we would write it down. We would write it down on the slip of paper and place it in the jar. And the following Friday night, we'd do the same thing. All right. Back on the last week. And so, and add it to the jar. And sometimes we would, uh, all four of us, my wife, myself, and our two daughters, each of us would have something to share. Sometimes one of us would have more than one thing to share. Sometimes there wouldn't be anything to share. You know, it, it, it just, it, it would vary. And we kept adding it to the jar. We kept adding it to the jar. At the end of the year, we opened the jar. Wow. And began to take those slips out. And began to read the things that we'd written. Wow. It was an incredibly moving and encouraging experience. Because we suddenly thought, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that experience. Yeah, I'd forgotten all about it. Yeah. You know, And then we'd pull out another slip of paper and read another blessing. And thought, that's right. Yeah, that took place in such and such a time. And we began to just you know, share and reminisce. And um, it was a great time. Of encouragement. So, what am I getting at? I'm, I'm, the whole thing is um, the Bible says um, Samuel set up this stone. Ebenezer, reminder of thus far has God helped us. When we look at at, our, at the last year, can we remember? Can we recall the benefits of and, and the blessings of God? Well, we need to look back on the year that's gone before we look forward to the new year. Yeah. Hey. I'm loving what you're saying, Pastor Joseph, and um, looking forward to hearing what you're going to say after the break. Um, so, yeah, we're going to have to go to a break now. We're just going to promote our free book offer before the song. Our song, uh, our book offer today is the book Surprised by Love, The Unexpected Rescue of God's Children by author Elizabeth Vieira Talbot. If you would like a free copy, and it's geared to what it's, it's more for a women's uh, a book. So, um yeah, if you want to grab a copy for your mother, your auntie, or you want to pass it on to somebody, even for yourself, you want to read. Totally up to you. Please text us the code word here in the studio, SA87, to the number here, 04888 And uh, our bot will get in touch with you and get that 
that book out to you as soon as possible. So once again, the book is Surprised by Love. And uh, if you'd like a free copy, please text the code word SA87 to 04888 We're going to go to some music and we'll be right back in just a few moments. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A.
That was Amazing Grace by Nathan Pacicho. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. If you've just joined us, we are looking at the theme for New Year's. That's the theme for this week's series. It's based on the New Year. And I'm with my good friend, uh, Pastor Joseph Matichich, Secretary of the Adventist Churches in South Australia, as my co-host today. We're at the tail end of our program today, and we've been looking at the question, are New Year's resolutions worth it? Is change possible? Uh, so, Pastor Joseph, in the remaining time we have here, um, you know, you ended with, you were talking about the gratitude jar that your family, that, um, you know, were as a practice you have in the home and just kind of seeing the blessings of, mm. you know, reading all those, uh, those gratitude, uh, notes at the end of the year. So walk us through some more of is are there Bible, um, examples of gratitude and reflecting, um, uh, as we've been talking about today? Well, well, as we look back on the year, we can identify mistakes that we've made, regrets, missed opportunities. Yep. yep. You think about that. I'm sure we can. Yes. Um, what do we make of that? Well, let me read a little bit further in that psalm that I read just before, Psalm 103, Will. Further on in that psalm, it says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious. This is verse 8 onwards, Psalm 103, verse 8 onwards. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. Listen to these words, or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Yeah. Amen. God is a God who doesn't hold the past against us. Amen to that. He's removed our transgressions as, as far as the east and from the west. In other words, he's completely gotten rid of them. Yeah. Um, so if, can we, yeah, as you look back on 2022, can you think of missed opportunities? Can you think, you know, can you identify stuff ups and, uh, regrets you've had? Absolutely. But I want you to understand that God doesn't hold it against us. He forgives us. Amen. And as we look into the new year, we ask the question, is change possible? And the answer is absolutely yes. Yes, you can. Take, for example, the experience of that woman at the well recorded in the Gospel of John, chapter 4. A woman who had a sordid and difficult past. She comes to a well. She's getting water from a well. It seems like she was involved in this regularly, and she encounters someone that she doesn't realize immediately who it is, it it ends up being Jesus. This woman had had five husbands, and the man she was with now, she wasn't married to, and seems like she'd been through a lot. But she meets Jesus. Jesus talks to her about a living water. Yeah. She senses something in Jesus, and she recognizes that there is Definitely a change possible in her life to get her out of her rut, out uh, to leave her past, which she does. She leaves her pot. She runs into town, the the Bible record tells us, and tells the townsfolk that she has met the Messiah. And through, through her telling them that they come to hear Jesus and many come to believe in Jesus. And she is a changed woman. Wow. Take, for example, that tax collector by the name of Zacchaeus. 
he was doing a very despised jobs, job. And being a tax collector was something where your, your country folk considered that you had, you had um, betrayed them. Uh, because uh, tax collectors were employed by the Romans. They were the hated Romans by the Jews. Yeah, yep. Zacchaeus was a tax collector, and not on top of all that, they had the horrible reputation of being cheats and dishonest and gaining wealth at the expense of others. Yeah, what happens to Zacchaeus is he, he hears about Jesus, he goes out of his way to, to meet Jesus, yep. and Jesus makes a point of spending time with him in his house, and as a result of that encounter, Zacchaeus says that he's going to ret- repay everyone that he's cheated more than that, that than he's actually taken yep. from them, yep. and he, he, he becomes a completely changed man. So, Will, is change possible? Yes, it absolutely yep. is. No matter who you are, where, you, where you've come from, change is definitely possible. Take, for example, Nicodemus. He was a very religious person, a member of the Jewish Sanhedrin. That was a Jewish ruling council, a very prominent position. The Jewish Sanhedrin were actually out to get Jesus. But Nicodemus felt that there was something about Jesus. And he went to see Jesus by night on one occasion. Yeah. And that conversation is recorded in the Gospel of John, chapter 3. And in the midst of that, Jesus Jesus directly speaks to Nicodemus and says, you must be born, born again. again. You must be yeah. born of the water and the Spirit. And Nicodemus thinks about this, and um, Jesus is referring to this new birth experience of, of the water and the Spirit. And uh, the, he's really pointing out the whole point that you're, 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 no matter who you are or what you've done, or no matter even how yeah. religious you are, titles and pedigree and f- religion don't get you anywhere. Yeah. You have to accept Jesus as your personal saving Lord, commit your life to him and yeah. experience a new birth. Yes. Interestingly, with Nicodemus, he doesn't become... A, Immediately an open follower of Jesus. It's not yeah, till actually pretty much at the resurrection after the death yep. of Jesus. Uh, it took him a number of years, but he became a changed man, even as a religious person. Right. And we could go on, Will. There's Peter, of course, one of the closest disciples of Jesus. Spent three and a half years with him, and then at the arrest and trial of Jesus, Peter denies no, Jesus. <laughs> he did. Yeah, and he, he wept bitterly. That was that, that's what you call one massive stuff up yep. and betrayal. But, but, after the death and the resurrection of Jesus, Peter becomes a changed man and he ends up be, being one of the first prominent preachers in the book of Acts for the early Christian church, yep. the, the early leaders. Yes. He, he was changed. Is change possible? Will, absolutely it is. It is possible. And I don't have time to mention the example of Saul who became Paul. But I will quote from him in just a moment. Is change possible? Absolutely. Because with God, your failures are not final. Wow, I like it. Your failures are not are final. Not final. Yes. In the book of Hebrews, there's a great promise. Chapter 8, verse 8 says, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah and he says in this covenant, I, verse 10, I will put my laws in their minds, I and write them on their hearts, I will be their God, uh, and they will be my, my people. people. I want to leave you uh, with that, um, I alluded to Saul who became Paul. He wrote this in Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, 
He is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. Is change possible? Absolutely. Through Jesus Christ, no matter who you are, what you've done, no matter what 2022 may have been like, new is possible with God. And so, yeah, we are on the threshold of a new year, Will. A new year is a time for new opportunities. What does the new year have in store? God only knows. Yeah. Literally. Only God, God knows. knows. bit like from the uh, that best-known hymn, Amazing Grace, part of that song says this, Through many dangers, toils and snares, I have already come. Tis grace has brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. Home, yeah. Yeah, God knows the end from the beginning. He knows what the new year will bring. As another song says, many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know he'll hold my hand. Amen. This world is not getting better, friend. We don't know what the future holds. So let's choose to commit our lives to God, because then no matter what may come, we can have the assurance of eternal life. The Bible says, Behold, I come quickly, Jesus. Let's prepare to meet our God. Is it your desire to admit your past, to believe in Jesus as your Saviour, and commit to follow him? Let me pray. Lord, as we stand on the threshold of a new year, we look back and we see and know and identify things that we regret, that have missed opportunities, mistakes. We want to thank you, though, that when we turn to you, the old is gone, the new comes, new is possible. May we commit in 2023 to commit our lives totally to you. Is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Pastor Joseph, for sharing with our listeners out there today on this important topic about New Year's resolutions. I love how you brought the gospel in. You brought lives that were changed as they met Jesus Christ. Hey, listen, guys, our time's up for today. Uh, please join our team, Gary and Eric, tomorrow as they look at the topic, New Year, New Life, the Bible and Physical Resolutions. Please join our team tomorrow. But until then, we want to leave you with the words of Jesus Christ in the Gospel of John. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. May God richly bless you.